Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Of the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz at the Movies. Good evening, everybody. Bing is for doing. And what are we doing? We're talking about the 2013 Academy Awards that have just wrapped up. My name is John Campy. I host uh, After Buzz at the Movies here on After Buzz, as well as many other things. Joining me, first of all, to talk about the Oscars, sitting to my immediate right, he is the creator and owner over at Think Hero, and he works with me at AMC Theaters Movie News, Mr. Dennis Zeng. Dennis, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. Sitting across from me over there, she's the entertainment editor over at IGN. She's Ms. Jennings Roth Cornett. Roth, thanks for being here. Hello, thank you. And sitting right beside her, he's a correspondent producer over at Fandango, Mr. Trey Alexander. Trey, looking thank dapper, sir. Thank you, sir. I, I you know, I kind of wanted yeah. to, you know, kind of feel and embody the part. I know, yeah. you're the only one that really dressed up. Yeah. You're looking very Oscarish. Thank you. But very Oscarish. Um, all right, let's let's start the category. First of all, Argo is the big winner tonight. Argo takes away the big award. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about the uh, the show as a whole. What were your biggest surprises? Or let's be singular. What was the biggest surprise for you, Roth, of the Oscars tonight? The tie. The sound editing oh, tie. Oh, wow, yeah. I was really shocked by that. I don't, in my memory, I don't think I've ever seen a tie happen at the Academy Awards. I was also glad that Zero Dark Thirty won anything, even if it was in a tie <laughs> for sound editing. <laughs> what about you, Trey? Big surprise. Uh, uh, you know what? For me, it's the uh, it's the Tommy Lee Jones, Ron Jeremy joke in the first 10 seconds of the show. <laughs> How he was able to tie those two together. You know what? <laughs> Good job, Seth. <laughs> Des, what about you? What's the biggest surprise of the evening for you? Um, I don't know. I, I, for whatever reason, I just didn't think that Brave was going to win for Best Animated Picture. Oh, wow. You just changed my mind. I was going to say my biggest surprise was Best Adapted Screenplay going to Argo instead of Lincoln because everything had said it was going to be Lincoln. But you're right. Brave winning Best Animated Picture. And I am a Pixar worshiper. But there's no way Brave should have won that. Mm. No. It like, was, not at all. I agree. I mean, I, I think you and I maybe differ a little bit on what we think should have won. Yes. Um, but but I would have taken your pick and over I would, Brave. And I would have taken your pick over Brave. There we go. John is, I loved Paranorman, which is a very few people would agree with me. Many, many more people will be on Team John with, with Wreck-It Ralph. Well, yeah, yeah, I thought Wreck-It Ralph. Although I really did like Paranorman. Yeah. Both are, both are a, a lot better than Brave. Not just a little better, but a lot better yeah. than Brave. Yeah. I was not surprised by the Brave win. That's what I put down in my Oscar pool to win. Um, just because I think it makes a lot of sense for how the Academy votes. And it makes a lot of sense in terms of Lasseter's pull and Pixar's pull and things like that. But it's a really boring pick. It's really lazy pick, in my opinion, you know, because these other films were just better. 
period. I, I, you know, oddly enough, I, and we won't go into a whole Pixar and Brave thing, but I think it's the worst of the Pixar movies. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and I, it's I, not horrible. It's yeah. not bad. But I, I think I would watch any of the other Pixar movies again before watching Brave again. Yeah, I mean, Brave. Listen, Brave. Ha- it's not a bad movie. No, Pixar no, no. really just doesn't make bad movies, and Brave certainly has its charms. But I would say that several of the other films in that category were better. But especially Wreck It Ralph and yeah. Paranorman were better than Brave. All right, well, let's let's start by talking about the host this year, Seth MacFarlane. It was a very um, brave choice to have <laughs> Seth MacFarlane hosting the show. Um, I, I thought it was completely out of left field. Trey, let's start with you. How do you think Seth MacFarlane did as the Oscar host? I, honestly, I thought he came out of the box, you know, firing on all cylinders. I wanted more Seth. And then, and then, and then it just felt like he went, he disappeared. You know, he comes out with this, this, this great opening monologue and some really great bits. And then I'm excited about, you know, what, could be transpiring for the rest of the show and then and then he disappeared so i i can't i guess i would rate him an a and and a c to the academy for not allowing him to do more stuff i i just think they 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 i don't know they sanitized him a little bit roth the response on Twitter was really funny because the response on Twitter to the open was that people were feeling that it went over long, but that there were really funny bits in it. In general, I liked it. You know, I do think it could have been trimmed up here and there, but I think that that song of Senior Boobs oh. is now an instant classic. <laughs> that was fantastic. And that Gidget Sally Fields oh. bit, if that does not go on in Oscar history, I don't know what's wrong with you people. That was hilarity, pure hilarity. Dennis, how did Seth MacFarlane do? I, I think he did well. Uh, I do think that he skews his comedy skews towards the younger audience. So you yeah. have like the older audience in that crowd or even at home that probably were like, you know, kind of like cringing a little bit. So, I, you know, I thought for me personally, he was great. But I think for some other people, it might not work. I think I tweeted about five minutes into the Oscar broadcast. I'm getting the feeling that the Academy Awards were not ready for Seth McFarlane. I thought he was great. Yeah. I really, I thought he was wonderful, but that audience was dead. Mm-hmm. Like they were just not responding to him the way he, his material deserved to be responded. And I love the way, humor aside, that he kind of came out of the gate because it had to be addressed. I've been saying for, for a month now that the biggest shame on, on as far as attacking Oscar's credibility is the fact that Ben Affleck, the guy that every other major awards show on the planet says is the best director of the year, doesn't even get nominated to the Academy Awards. Right. He comes out of the gate and he says... You know, Argo, a film about a top, the classified mission, so classified that the Academy didn't even know that the director existed. <laughs> That's right. And I love the way that he attacked that right out of the gate, and it kind of lifted the, the fog I felt was going to kind of be hanging over the Oscars this year going into the show. He, that lifted it off. And I thought, I just thought he was great. Yeah, they man. just didn't buy into him. It's funny because, I, I mean, I really thought he did a great job overall, too. Like I said, in general, I think there are things that could be tweaked here and there, but... What's funny is I was observing on Twitter, a lot of people were getting offended by him. And I was like, is, it's, have you met him? It's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, really. you know, yeah. This is him on level 1.5. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I didn't think anything he said was terribly offensive, personally. I thought he was just being Seth MacFarlane. No, I think looking over 
Twitter, and you and I off air were talking about certain people that we know uh, that are going to take issue with Seth MacFarlane no matter what he yeah. says. Like there are people out there who are just not Seth MacFarlane fans that were just waiting with their smartphones in hand to tweet something negative about the next thing Seth MacFarlane did, no matter if it was good or bad. They were just going to say something horrible. Right. I thought he was sharp and witty and, you know, nothing's off limits and everything's satirical. I and he can sing and dance, people. Oh, yeah. What do you wow. want from your kidding. comedian? You know, nobody I, should be that talented. Nobody yeah. should be that talented. I'm, and I'm serious. Like Seth MacFarlane blows my mind with his talent. He really does. And I, I happen to be a big Seth MacFarlane fan. Yeah. But sure, I get it. I mean, especially the older set. What's interesting about though this Academy Awards is that you get some of the very traditional, like boring yawn Oscar older set crowd decisions, like Brave. But then you also sort of get the sense that it is starting to shift when Spielberg doesn't immediately and for no good reason sweep it with Lincoln. Right. The, the what Lincoln won, Lincoln should have won. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was very happy with that. I was really excited to see that and to see Argo win Best Picture. You know, I was starting to, to think one of the biggest locks, we were talking about this during the show, one of the biggest locks, look, there were three locks. There was Anne Hathaway winning Best Absolutely. Supporting Actress. Yeah. We all knew that was going to happen. Um, I can't remember what the second we one was. We thought Adele was going to win. Adele, Adele winning, yes, Best, best Song, which mm-hmm. I, I've got to rant about that later. But The third one was that we all knew Dan and Day-Lewis. But I'll tell you something. When Lincoln did not win for the screenplay and then it didn't win for director, Director. I was starting to think, okay, wait a minute. I know in my head that Daniel Day-Lewis is a lock, but I'm not going to fall over anymore if they Mm. suddenly say Denzel Washington or Hugh Jackman, who happened to be who I would have given it to, but no complaints about the great Daniel Day-Lewis whatsoever. But, But he did win. Um, so that kind of locked that up. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, a lot of people thought this was just going to be Lincoln's year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really didn't think so. I mean, it's funny because in, in, in kind of like the precursor season, it didn't, it seemed like this year was up for grabs that more than any other year that, I mean, yeah, there were certain things that were a lock, like those three things were, but more than any other year, things seemed sort of up for grabs. And I think that the fact that neither Catherine, but well, first of all, Zero Dark Thirty got tanked very early on and it would just yeah. wasn't going to see any mm-hmm. play yeah. here, unfortunately. But both Catherine Bigelow and Ben Affleck not being nominated for Best Director, you would think by default that was going to go to Spielberg, right? But it's funny. Like, there was—I really thought it would be Ang Lee. I was not surprised that it was him. Wow. Because people like Life of Pi, you know— and the, that is the director's movie. I mean, that is totally his vision. It's not about the performance. Lincoln is about that performance. You know what I mean? Life of Pi is totally about Ang Lee's vision and how he executed it. I think I, I agreed with you the moment that, once again, I go back to that screenplay award. When Lincoln did not win for screenplay, my head switched and I went, Ang Lee is going to win Best Director. And you know, by the way, um, it's in, if you're keeping count... Life of Pi is the big winner for tonight. It's won the most awards. It won four. Yeah, you're right. Um, I got the count here in front of me. So it won four. Argo won three. Les Mis won three. And uh, Lincoln won two. Mm-hmm. So I really spread out. Did Lincoln only win two? It only won two. Okay. So very spread out. None of these, no Lord of the Rings style 11 win domination Well, we're going to see less of that with this, this whole nine nomination thing, I think. I think you're going to start splitting the votes. Well, I mean, the Oscars have a neat, and chime in here with me if I'm wrong here, but the Oscar system now is that 
there's not going to be nine nominees every year. Yeah, it's they, it's going to be anywhere between five and ten. Right, right. Yep. But but just having more nine nominees means more yes. diversification on people's opinions and feelings. So you're going to get true. it more spread out. And I think you're just starting to see slowly more diversification in the academy itself, more diversification amongst the voters and the people that are making these decisions. And over time, I think that will start to shift. You mean more less more. old white men? That's <laughs> less I, old I, white men. I mean slightly less. Well, obviously oh, nobody saw the Avengers, you know, because I think that could have easily been in the top ten. So, yeah, as they're getting more diversified, they're still not really acknowledging a lot of the, some of the bigger no. special effects type films that I think at times are due. I liked what was nominated, though. I'm not bashing it. I'm not bashing it. Spectrum, you know what I mean? I, I, Beasts of the Southern Wild was never going to win, but I, I'm excited that it was nominated because maybe a few more people saw it. Or, or going to go see it. Or now. going yeah. to go see it, yeah. Um, speaking of the Avengers, very conspicuous. Why was Chris Hemsworth not on stage when they brought out the Shirtless. whole Avengers? <laughs> Shirtless. <laughs> and it wasn't just Hemsworth. It was also uh, uh, Black Widow. Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson, right. But, I mean, Who you uh, would probably like to see. Also Shirtless. Shirtless. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that all works, too. I mean, that was kind of weird. Aren't they shooting Thor right now? They are. But yeah. I think for the Academy yeah, Awards, well, she, she, 12 hours off. She's not in Thor. She's in Cap. No, but, not her. Yeah, not she, her. No, we're talking about Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, and and Kat Demings was actually tweeting during yeah. during the show. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Why weren't they there shirtless? <laughs> for the sake, for the sake of humanity. All right, let's talk about the best, the winner for best actress this year, which was Jennifer Lawrence. Um, personally, myself, I would have given the award to Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Personally, no complaints about Jennifer Lawrence, though. Um, her performance, I, 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 she's the highlight of yeah. Silver Linings Playbook. Her performance, uh, all due respect to Bradley Cooper as well, but she was fantastic in that film. Dennis, uh, were you surprised she won? Any complaints that she won? Is she? Uh, how did that go? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was fine with her winning. Um, I think it wasn't a surprise because of all kind of the negative attention that Zero Dark Thirty has been getting right, lately. Yeah. Like, it, it had some momentum, like, I think in December before before it actually got released, when it got in limited release. But then all this controversy over the torture issue came out, right. and that just killed all momentum for it. What about you, Ross? I think it's a big conspiracy. Now, I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think what happened with Zero Dark Thirty is really kind of unfortunate and sad. I'm not even saying that it was my favorite film of the year, but I think that for it to just get shoved aside, like, that stinks. And that especially Jessica Chastain, who... It's not just this performance with Jessica Chastain. That's my thing. Is like, I love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she was great in that film. I have no problems with her winning. But... Jessica Chastain has consistently delivered stellar performances, one right after the other, very unique, very different for the last two years. And it's like, when is this woman going to have her moment? I mean, she's young, so she'll have it. But it's just kind of like, I, I feel like that that should have maybe been her win, if not the little girl is or the she, old lady. Are you saying that she's going to be the Susan Lucci of... Uh... Oh, God forbid. I certainly hope not, because she just... No, she will not be. Yeah, she's she will way not be. too talented. Yeah. No, what about I, you, Trey? Jennifer Lawrence. I, look, I, I, I wanted Jennifer Lawrence to win. She's, you know, I, I love everything that she does, um, except for the last house at the end, end of the street. street. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I thought she was deserving. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's, a, it's a toss-up because they're both extremely powerful performances. Um, and if I were to watch them side by side, you know, I would have a tough time choosing. But I, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I just, I just thought it was a more raw 
uh, emotional performance. So, um, speaking me. of um, Jessica Chastain, I, when I did the press junket for the debt. I sat down and, I mean, uh, lucky me, I had a chance to sit down and interview Helen Mirren. And before we went on, before there was a, a little, uh, Roth does, you got both do a lot of junkets. You know, sometimes they have little problems. You sit there for like five awkward minutes waiting for the camera to start rolling. But Helen Mirren's actually very chatty. <laughs> and we started talking about Jessica Chastain, who I had just seen in The Help, and I loved everything about The Help. And we started talking about Chastain, and Helen Mirren said, she is going to be the next Meryl Streep. Hmm. Mm. Helen Mirren said this of Jessica Chastain. She, she is going to be considered one of the great actresses for the next 30 years. Yeah. And when you see her doing films like Going from the Help, where she's one type of character, to The Debt, uh, to Zero Dark Thirty, where she's a completely different type of character, to Mama, which is she is a completely different type of character, and she knocks it out of the park every single time. The, and she's beyond beautiful mm-hmm. and has so much grace, so eloquent, so well-spoken, carries herself like a true Hollywood movie star. This lady is going to be around for a very, very long Now, juxtaposed against Jennifer Lawrence, who, wants, who are, I loved her in this in um, Silver Lines Playbook. No complaints that she won. But you brought up House at the End of the Street, yeah. which was not just a bad movie. She was bad in it. So I, I want to see Jennifer Lawrence, and who's still very young, if she can evolve into the type of performer that Jessica Chastain is, who is just perfection every time she goes out there. But you know what the funny thing is, too, with bringing up Meryl Streep? I think that Kramer versus Kramer was, I mean, it was very early in her career True, yeah. that she won Best Supporting Actress mm. for Kramer versus Kramer. And then Sophie's Choice was not too long after that. Right. So. Actually, it's looking like in the eyes of the Academy, Jennifer Lawrence is following more of that trajectory Mm. of the Meryl Streep. And it's unfortunate because Jessica Chastain is coming out and, like you say, knocking it out of the park every single time. And like Meryl Streep, it seems to be able to just transform herself every single time. You know, so it's just to me, I think that's but also, you know, I don't know if you guys saw more, but that was another possible win right there. You know, she. And and she's not going to get nominated. She's not going to get nominated <laughs> well, again. You know, yeah. For, well, what are you saying? Are you saying that? I'm not uh, saying yeah. anything. <laughs> Look, well, I, I think with Jessica older. Chastain is that um, I, she's going to get her due. I, I think a lot of the roles that, that you see Jennifer Lawrence playing are younger. You know, they're younger right, roles. This yes. was a much more mature role for her. But, you know, she's now going to go back to Hunger Games. And, you know, we'll see where her career goes now that, you know, when she does two more of those, I think Jessica Chastain is going to have, you know, her, I think her career is going to go much more, you know, upward where I think you'll see Jennifer Lawrence kind of mellow, you know, kind of level off a little bit because of the movie she's going to be doing. She's doing right. also the X-Men yes. film. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to see her doing these Oscar winning performances or get or get nominated you know, for a, a performance in a Hunger Game or an X Men, so. right? But she's her career's in a great spot right yeah. now. It has because she's getting these. She's now got an Academy Award. She's gets these critical acclaim films, but she's very comfortable and very popular in these big mega blockbuster yeah. series as well. Yeah. Look, Dana Day Lewis is not about to be the next Superman. No, <laughs> no. You know, that would be awesome. That would though. be awesome. <laughs> we know it would be a good performance. Yes. It would be. <laughs> I think he'd be. I you know I, I in all seriousness it will never happen. But I actually think he'd be better as like a villain. Yeah, but I would. Anyway, lo- I don't know if he'd be that? better, but I would love to see him as yeah. a villain. Imagine yeah. as Lex Luthor. He'd yeah, be awesome. oh, he would be oh, amazing. Kill it. Oh. Now you're giving me a boner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's do Dennis. Let's start with you on this one. Quentin Tarantino gets 
his Oscar uh, for Django. Were you surprised about? No, like, it, I'm not surprised because in, in a way it's almost like their consolation prize for him. Because oh. you know, because he didn't you know he didn't get nominated didn't for get best director. director. director the last time he won an Oscar was for original screenplay as well. He didn't win for he did get nominated for best picture for right. for Pulp Fiction, but he didn't win. So it, it wasn't too surprising. It was, it was a great script. You know, I, I thought it could be tightened down a little bit, but you know, yeah, I I love that he won this, and I've I've given grief to Quentin Tarantino for other films different times but Django I think is his best film everybody disagrees with me on that and that's fine I'm in the minority but the script is so smart and it's just so sharp and so quick and just I just love this script so much for me personally I was thrilled that he won that what about you Roth? I think he's looking a little like J. Edgar Hoover but that aside (laughs) I was really excited to see him win I I love Django too I mean and I know everybody's like but it's not as good as Inglorious Bastards I really don't agree I mean I really don't like I think it's just as good and Mm. I enjoyed it I think it's very different I I think both of them could have been trimmed down um, ultimately but I love Django, I was probably a little more excited to see Christoph Waltz win because I thought, oh, they're not going to give it to him because it's a partially comedic performance and they just dismiss comedy. But to me, that was what was so brilliant about his performance. Every choice he made was absolutely right. Every single moment was the right choice to make, be it funny or dramatic. So I loved that he, in his speech, Tarantino acknowledged like, my script is really nothing if I don't have the actors that are going to bring these characters to life. And he's right. It's it's not so much the stories that we're going to remember a little bit, but it's the characters that he creates that you yeah. really remember from Tarantino movies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's his super strength. Yeah. No, I, I, look, I thought it was awesome. I, I, I would love to see Quentin win all the time. Because to me, <laughs> I just feel like he's a kind of guy. He's kind of the thorn in the Academy's ass uh, <laughs> because he's so unconventional and he's so, I don't give a crap. I'm going to do my movie. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I love that about him. And people just love to work with him. So, man, you know, more, more QT, man. More QT. And I, you know what's funny? I interviewed him back on in, during the Kill Bill. Right. Uh, and I said to him, I go, you know, is there anything you haven't done yet that you want to do? He goes, I really want to do a spaghetti western. So he'd been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, I the, the strength of Quentin Tarantino has always been his dialogue and his characters. Those are the things he does better than just about everybody else. Because you take away the amazing dialogue and those really great, solid characters. I, I contend that some of his movies that are considered all-time classics mm-hmm. lose a lot of their shine. But then again, you take any of the director, any director's greatest strength, and their movies are going to lose a lot of the shine. I'm glad you brought up Christoph Waltz, because I told the story as we were watching the film. When I first saw Django Unchained, I remember I walked out of it loving it and thinking to myself, what is a big shame here is that everybody is only going to be talking about Jamie Foxx and Leonardo DiCaprio, which they were great, don't get me wrong, but they're only going to be talking about them. No one's going to be talking about Christoph Waltz in this film, which to me was a shame because he and Samuel Jackson in this film made this movie to me, but no one's going to pay attention to what they did. And then lo and behold, he gets nominated. And I'm thinking, that's crazy. He got nominated. How great. Never went into Millionaires, but I'm so glad they at least nominated him. I was so happy that he won. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't think that the problem was going to be that his performance was partially comedic. I thought they would dig him because when you're talking about certain traits, there was much similar between his doctor in this film and the hunter in Inglorious Bastards. Like they, they kind of talk a little bit alike. And I thought, I hope they don't hold that up against him in this case because 
That's what this character needed, right. and he brought it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just thrilled. What about I, you, I, Christoph Waltz? I, well, I think uh, what helped him win was, I mean, of course he won for Best Supporting, but he was almost the co-main lead in that movie. Yeah, he really was. When you was, think of, yeah. okay, obviously Jamie Foxx is the main character, but Christoph Waltz was right up there with yeah. him. Yeah. So. What, what about you, Trey? Your thoughts on Christoph? Uh, look, I... I I uh, was right with you. I thought it was a surprise that he won. But, the, you know, what was interesting is a lot of people were actually, uh, at least on Twitter that I saw, were kind of disappointed because they felt that, gee, he just got the Oscar for the same character What uh, you right. know, in what you were just saying. So uh, I didn't it, it didn't stand out like that to me. Yeah, no, I was I it didn't stand out that way to me either. I mean, I can see sort of making those parallels, but I I thought he I wanted him to win. I thought he deserved it. I'm glad he won. You know, I wouldn't have cried if De Niro won or something like that. If Tommy Lee Jones won, I would have cried. I guess it would have made for a lot of great memes. But other than that, I wouldn't have been too excited. Uh, I'm no just, one less I'm just glad De Niro. I'm just glad De Niro this you know acted in in a movie. You know, like it actually. Yeah. Acted. Yeah, he actually tried. He actually tried and made an effort, and he was yeah. quite good. No, he, he was, was. Good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, we we got a tweet, you guys. Oh. Anna Salmaso says Jessica Chastain is probably going to be the next Kate Winslet. She's going to get oh. like four or five nominations before she wins. Mm. Yeah, because what is well, she she's on her now? way, like nine, ten, <laughs> and then is she going to win for a not so good movie like Kate Winslet did? <laughs> right. The right. reader, come on, right? Come on. Um, speaking of uh, Kate Winslet, and and I, I want to talk about memorable moments before we start talking about what actually won Best Picture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I already mentioned that I was really put off by how dead that audience was. Yeah. And the moment that it really clicked for me that this audience is dead is when William freaking Shatner comes on screen. That audience should have erupted. I thought that was brave. I thought that was bold. I thought that was original that they were doing something like that. And who doesn't love the Shat? I love that. I mean, yeah. Oh. That's, and it's funny because I saw a bunch of complaints about it on Twitter also. And I was like, no, this just got amazing. Like, they're doing the, the mixed timelines out of the Star Trek movie. They're I mean, the, to me, the whole conceit of it was really funny, and then plus, it's Shatner. Like, yeah. why are why are you not having fun with this? Yeah. I mean, it could have been done better. I agree. I agree. I, I think it could have been done better. But this fact that he came on, you just heard a, a, a just a small drizzle of oh, ha, ha, ha. it's like oh, this audience is dead. I think they're so high strung. I mean, I feel like we, at the Golden Globes, you know, no well, they one let a, them drink. A, they're drinking. Yeah. They're drunk. Yeah. No one takes it all that seriously, and they're a little less. They're a little more apt to have fun. with with it, you know, you get you got the ladies up there joking around, they're having fun. I think everybody's so high strung because it's so high pressured at the Academy Awards that no one wants to like. Plus, the, the ladies can't breathe in those dresses. To well, okay, then, then, I'll give you that. But I'm like, what's high pressure? What's high pressure? You've been nominated. Sit there, and either you get your award or you don't. Then afterwards, you drink. What's high pressure? Yeah, I mean, we've seen audiences before at the Oscars cut loose, like when Steve Martin hosts or whatever. Yeah. But it's just. I still think it goes back to that whole thing that Hollywood, maybe not Hollywood as a whole, the Academy was not ready for Seth MacFarlane. Because he comes out there. Look, he's making jokes about orgies back at Jack Nicholson's house. Awesome. Which I thought was awesome. I know. He's talking about the secret meeting at the synagogue. Awesome. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> the cocaine <laughs> trees or whatever. Cocaine yeah, trees. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about all this stuff. And oh, what he said about uh, Q Wallace 
uh, who I, that's the star of uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. I can never pronounce her first name, so I just call her Q. Q. Wallace. Yeah. Q, when he says, Little so Q. Q, you're just 16 years away from being too old for uh, George for Clooney. For George Clooney. I, I thought that was hilarious. Which is true. Like, all these so were great. The, so the no song... one was smiling when they would show the camera on them. It was like they were offended. And <laughs> There were a couple people that looked offended. So, so, John, I think what you're saying is the song of the Oscars is I Don't Think You're Ready for My Teddy. Well... Yeah. Anybody? Pun? No. Totally, but terrible pun. No, no the song, where, where I thought you were going with that was, <laughs> I, I thought, I'm going to always remember, uh, we saw your boobs. Yeah. Yes. No. That I'm was gonna awesome. I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Yes. But speaking she, of Kate Winslet. Speaking of Kate Winslet, that was an amazing song, and I loved it. But you, let's let's move on to songs. You, you okay. Because you got a bone to pick. Oh. With yeah. Oscar best song. Okay, look, this is this is a, a gripe of mine going back for years. Look, I I I'm not a passionate music fan, but I love music as much as the average person does. Love music. I really respect musicians. Music is part of the reason why Les Mis was one of my absolute favorite films of the year. Blah blah. blah. But I do have an issue with the role of not score which is something that plays over about 70% of a movie, but original song. I don't think it should be a category of the Academy Awards, mm. especially when you're considering about 70% of these songs that get nominated are either songs that play at the end credits or, in the winner's case this year, is a song that plays for two minutes over the opening credits and is not a fundamental part of the movie as a whole. So what you're getting now is these Oscar winners who have music playing them off, whatever, we can't because we need all this time to play media from a different type of, a different medium. This is about the movies. This isn't about, go to the Grammys for all the music. Adele is awesome. I love Adele, especially when she reamed out Chris Brown at the awards the other night. I just fell in love with her even more. But I also love LeBron James. I don't want to see him come out on stage at the Academy Awards and show how great he can slam dunk a ball. I right. kind of do. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I am, I am in the minority. I know I'm in the minority. Most people love it, so I know I'm wrong. But I, I'm just saying that's the way I feel about it. Well, hey, what are you about I, to say? I mean, it's funny that you're saying, you know, like this, you know, it plays over opening or close. Often the, the song plays over opening or closing credits, and it, and it isn't in the movie itself. That's true. But it's interesting because in the case of Skyfall, with Bond films, the opening credits are, in fact, a huge part of the film. It's something that... I'd, they they pay a lot of attention to. It's something that we pay a lot of attention to as Bond fans and watchers. It's something that is talked about afterwards. So I would say that in the case of James Bond, oddly enough, that the opening credits and that song does lead you right into the tone of that movie. It tells you what that particular Bond movie is going to be about. Sure, but couldn't using that same logic, mm. um, the category best director. Every film has a director. The category of best lead actor. Every film has a lead actor, lead actress, cinematographers, editors, blah, blah, Now you're talking specifically, well, Bond films. <laughs> well, can't you say, then say that, well, Bond films, a key core essential element to Bond films is who's going to play the sex vixen in this one? Yes. Well, then create a sex vixen, even though it doesn't apply to most I don't think anyone would movies. argue with that category, No, probably John. not. You're right. I'm probably going down the wrong then we become the, And then it becomes the MTV Oscar yes. Awards. So, I mean, but I know everybody loves music. 
music, and everybody loves seeing Adele perform. Although, yeah. who would have thought she got upstage by Jennifer Lawrence or Jennifer Lawrence? No, I mean, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. I mean, that was I, like I, holy smokes. No, that I think was they, they screwed her on the mic. They really screwed <laughs> they her on the she, mic, and I think you that, think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah? I really think that hmm. they needed to boost her mic because she had a live band, <laughs> and um, Jennifer Hudson <laughs> just had a track that yeah. she was singing to, so yeah. that the levels were off. Yeah, it's true, but but still, she was amazing. She was. Adele was amazing. I just it's like you know what we had guys literally getting cut off their mics for accepting their awards. Cut out the live performances of songs. Give 12 extra seconds to each recipient, award winner. And, or, and, and then have Adele sing them off. And then have, <laughs> and have Adele sing them off. As see, opposed to Jaws. I see, I don't mind the music. I just think they had too much of it. Like Especially they, this year. Yeah, yeah this I year. So was, like, why was... The, the whole Chicago and the Dreamgirls thing. That, and by it the didn't way, make any honoring sense. musicals. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't really make sense. I mean, you had James Bond, you're honoring 50 years of James Bond. So yeah. you, have, you have Goldfinger and you have Skyfall and, and whatnot. And then, you know, I, I, I think um, Barbara Streisand singing Memories was good, but she should have done it over the I'm actual. I'm glad you brought that yeah. Over the actual, yeah. you know, pictures instead of right after. So I just felt like they started adding all this unnecessary stuff. Like, really, I don't understand why Chicago and Dreamgirls were in well, the Well, why was Chicago in it you. two times? Yeah. That's what I didn't understand. I was like, Chicago times two, Muppet zero, Oscar fail. <laughs> it should have been a zero. I think what they were trying to do is, you know, they were trying to stretch. I, I, I say stretch in that they were trying to tie it in with uh, Les Mis. So, mm-hmm. you know, Les Mis can well, stand on its own. I, that's you know? I, Exactly. <laughs> And you could have just had that that musical segment in the you know in yeah. the show and and gotten and done away with the others. I agree. Yeah. Now, in, in speaking about music, talking about Les Mis, I I'm going to apparently contradict myself by saying one of my I, probably my single favorite moment of this Oscars was when the Les Mis cast came out and, and sang um, One Day More. I love that part. Now. Unlike Chicago and Les Mis, it's a little different with songs because that constitutes the entire film. That's The film is music, so if you're going to celebrate that film, do it with music. I right. get that. I love that. Uh, I just like to see the individual. But yeah, the, these little decisions they made. Barbara Streisand should have been singing that song while the In Memoriam was playing. And in past, you brought it up. It's something I didn't realize. In the past, in the In Memoriam, when a, when a face and a name would come up, Respectfully, the audience was allowed to give applause for that person. It felt awkward yeah. Yeah. that it was dead silent as these names and faces were coming up on stage. With and then nobody you would hear like a little, a little. Yeah. I was like, little, "Oh yeah, we're not supposed here. to clap. Well, yeah. We're not supposed to clap." Was, I was at the Academy last year. I got to go, and right before that, coming out of the commercial break, um, they let the, they tell the audience, "Please don't clap," you know, until the end. So it's it's you know they kind of give the audience that cue, and it's because. Of in the past, they were doing that, and I guess it was distracting, or, or something. some people get or some bigger people got more. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That is awkward. Right. That is a li- frankly, that is a little awkward. It is awkward, like, but it's inevitable. But the yeah, dead silence was more awkward. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's really what was. I thought. All right, let's get to the big thing of the night, and then we'll we'll close with her closing thoughts. Um, still going in. If it wasn't for the fact that Argo was landslide winning everything, mm. I still didn't think Argo would win. Because, as I pointed out on my other show, it hasn't been since 1989 that a film nominated for Best Picture won when its director wasn't even nominated for Best Director. Driving Miss Daisy, 1989. That's how long it's been. So in my head, I'm like, this is the same Academy that really dropped the ball by not nominating Ben Affleck. They're not going to give Best Picture to Argo. 
And Argo starts winning everything, everything at every other award show. So I thought, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. Now, personally, my favorite film of the year was uh, was Les Mis. It's, it's, it haunts me to this day. Just seeing clips, I get choked up for the film. Aside from that, probably The Avengers. Um, but yeah. then outside of that, I wanted Argo to win. When I was interviewing Ben Affleck for, the, for Argo, and I got people tweeting me this all night, too, reminding me about this. When I talked to Ben Affleck, I said to him straight up, I said, dude, if you do not win or if you do not get nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards this year because he didn't get nominated for The Town, he didn't get nominated for Gone Baby Gone, I said, I'm going to slash people's tires. And, so whose tires did you slash? Uh, I can't. I can either confirm or deny <laughs> that I went out and did that in West Hollywood. Um, but, I mean, I, I was thrilled that he won. I love seeing him on stage. The fact that he, you can tell it meant a lot to him. And for those of you at home keeping score, who would have thought of this six years ago? Matt Damon won Oscar. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, two. So who would have thought that score count would be there five or six years ago? I loved his acceptance speech. It was so genuine and real. And I love that he kind of addressed, look, he can't have hard feelings. Um, So, look, if it wasn't going to be Les Mis, which is the film I really did want to win tonight, but I knew it wasn't going to, uh, I was thrilled for Ben Affleck and Argo. What what did you think, Dennis? Um, Well, I mean, on that subject matter, this is what I think. The Oscars need to change uh, the director's category and make it as many as how many Best Picture nominees there are. Hmm. Because, to me, movies are our director's medium. And so when, when you're, you're nominating like nine, ten pictures, but you're only na- nominating five directors, there's something off to me. Because then, yeah. then something like this happens. You know? Like, okay, this won Best Picture, but it didn't, didn't even get a nomination for Best Director. So I, I think that that's something that should be changed. <laughs> Actually, Roth, you tweeted something really neat after the show, right at the end of the show. Uh, I don't know if you tweeted it. Oh, and it directed it. itself. It said, look, Argo was Best Picture, and amazingly, it directed itself. Yes. Anyway, so what, what do you think overall that's about it? I, I, I would agree with you, Dennis, that, that that's true. There should be more of a correlation. But it's funny because there's not always a direct correlation anyway, because I remember when Prince of Tides was, like, nominated for everything, Barbara Streisand was not nominated for Best Director. So that was another film that it was like, and it directed itself, you know what I mean? With Argo, I think that something different happened actually. I think that because Ben Affleck wasn't nominated, because that was perceived to be such a snub, a snub, it gave that film momentum to win because they were almost awarding him Best Director by giving it Best Picture. And it did start to sweep. Argo started to win everything. Ben Affleck started to win everything. And because he wasn't nominated at the Academy Awards, I think people gave Argo their Best Picture vote to give it to Ben Affleck in a way for Best Director by default. So I think that actually helped the film win in a weird way. Also, I think Daniel Day-Lewis, although I love Affleck's speech, one for best speech. And that was a great, <laughs> yeah. that was a great speech. Yeah. Him and Meryl Streep on yeah. stage together, that's a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of talent. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's just melting your brain yeah. kind of talent. I mean, right there. But, but uh, anyway. I'm just going to repeat what win. you guys said. You know, I I, I really felt that, that Ben got screwed for not getting nominated for the director. I wanted him to win uh, for Argo. I loved Argo. Uh, my favorite picture of the year most definitely was Ted. I don't know about you guys, but... It's my uh, number one comedy of the year. Yeah, I just going to say, you know, 
I'm a you know I'm a Ted fan, so I'm looking forward to Ted too. Uh, I, I got a question. I, you know, I, I'm trying to recall the nominees for best director. Did, did the director for um, Beast of the Southern Wild did he get nominated? No. For he best? wasn't. No. Okay, so that's interesting too. But yeah, nine best picture nominees. Yeah, so five, yeah, best he should have easily been wasn't. nominated. No, he was nominated. He should he so should have yeah. easily been nominated. But you know, if Tarantino's not nominated, you have uh, Catherine Bigelow's not yeah. nominated. But their pictures are. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Yeah. No. No, I agree with I, you. Wait a minute. I take that back. I believe he was nominated. Actually. He was. Was he? I believe okay. he was nominated. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, okay. the, you know, we, it's amazing how far a hundred thousand dollars, I think, is what that film cost can go. And it, that, that to me, it's just made uh, unbelievable the production value and and the the performances that he pulled. So. He yeah. should have been nominated. Before we get to our closing thoughts here, I want to go back to something, Dennis, you just said, because I've never thought of this, and I think you made absolute perfect sense. I believe the Oscars need to start creating a correlation between its Best Picture nominees and Best Director, because this is a director's medium. It absolutely is. Like, I'm sorry, you can't tell me this was the best story of the year, but it was conveyed through... Who? You know, Ma- magical, Ma- magical nobody. Yeah, through yeah. a magical nobody. Look, you can talk about great performances in a movie, but, but what is the primary di- job of a director to bring out great performances out of their actors to give the actors what they need to give the performances they do? This is a director's medium. That movie is the totality of what the director brought to it, including the work, obviously the collaborative work of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people as well. But it all goes through that chair. But I think that's even more why it is a director's medium because it is the collaborative work of hundreds and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people and that one well I mean obviously in huge studio films it's it's kind of a little bit more by committee and things like that but in a lot of cases definitely in the case of something like Beast that person has to communicate a vision to all of those different people yep, and, keep it going. and make it cohesive have them you know shine in, in the areas that they shine in but also fulfill their vision and to me it, it is insane to think that this is the best picture and it directed itself that's insane yeah. You know, and we, you know what, we, you know, we were talking about this. We can think of it in the opposite way too. When we bring up the the, the Star Wars trilogy, and you're seeing these brilliant actors that didn't act so brilliant. You know, that's a reflection <laughs> of, you know, the of the director, of the direction, of the editorial choices, everything. everything. I think yeah. it's weird though. You know, Ang Lee won, and I was happy that he won, but. He, this is the second time he's won where his picture did not win. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a little odd because usually hmm. there is a lot of the correlation is best picture, their best director, like a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah it, it was weird that Hulk didn't win, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, one of my other favorite jabs of the moment from Seth MacFarlane was great. And I'm, it was very gutsy to say, maybe even a little bit cruel. We said, look, if you win an Oscar, you're guaranteed to have a long and, and active career. Like Jean Dujardin from last year. Now he's yeah. everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was brave to say. All right, let's, let's go into our closing thoughts and your, overall your impressions of the overall show, what stood to you most, and and what you're going to remember most about this year's Oscars. Roth, let's start with you. I think it's a, I, I, I think this was an exciting Oscars because I feel like that this could be the marker because predi- people that are really smart and do this for a living, people that we know that yeah. are amazing Oscar predictors, could not predict what was going to happen. Yeah. I think that equals a very exciting time. And so we do see the few remains of like the old white guard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I think that you're starting to see this infusion of a new energy. And that's kind of what I'm going to even... You take it from the host, from Seth MacFarlane, on through who won and who didn't, and the surprises of the night. That is exciting to me, and I think we're going to see more and more of that as the years progress. Yeah, I'm right right with you. I I liked... It felt like there was a lot of blending of the old school and the new school, and I enjoyed that. And especially even with the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. you've got a more, which I would more I would say is more of an old school pick. 
you know. And oh, it's very European pick. Yeah. That was what mm. was interesting to me about Amour. It's yeah. like such not an American film. Right. You know? Well, and... well, And what? I'm not just saying it's because it's from Europe. I mean, I'm saying like stylistically, it's like so European. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Slow. And I love that movie, though. Paint drying. Kind of. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> but, think it's but great. In a, but in a brilliant way. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a Picasso <laughs> drying. Uh, you know, and then I think about, um, the, you know, certain moments that we... I'll keep bringing up the boob thing, but that was, the, the boob song was, was awesome. We can't uh, say um, enough about the boobs. No one has brought up the Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> tripping on her way up oh. to... Oh. What's I thought, yes. is, how many times you, are we going to see that tomorrow? Yeah. You know, probably, yeah, a million times. Tomorrow. So, but but she, ha- I thought she handled it with grace and she and humor, and I, I, you know, I thought it was again it shows hu- humanity there. Yeah, so I, I like that. It. She's fine. She has an Oscar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, screw you guys. Look what right. I got. Yeah, Remember I think she's okay. Your your overall impression. I mean, I, I enjoyed. I joined her for kind of the same reasons that Roth was talking about, where we really didn't know for sure who was going to win Best Picture. You know, because of the way the night was going. Yeah, it especially wasn't, as it went on. Wasn't you know? I mean, there was a few locks that we knew, but like in general, like there was no movie that was running away with it. So I like that it was a bit long. You know, let's cut out some of some of the excess of fat. You know, but other than that, yeah, I thought it was a good Oscars, and I, I do like the 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 whole. Now that they've opened it up to more than five pictures, you get more diversity. I just want them to open up the director category. Yeah, I love your idea about just creating a correlation between, okay, if your picture is nominated for Best Picture, you're nominated for Best Director because that picture ain't gonna, didn't direct itself. Yeah. I love that idea. I think I'm sure there are some downfalls to it, but I, I'd want to think that idea through a little bit more. I like what you were saying too, Roth. My overall impression is I think this marked a change in direction for the Oscars that they tried to start two years ago with James Franco and Anne mm. Hathaway hosting uh, that unmitigated disaster yeah, of an Oscar work. show <laughs> that they immediately had. And look, I give them full credit. They did what they needed to do the following there. They needed to recoil. Mm-hmm. They put Billy Crystal back on the stage, righted the ship, got everything calmed back down and produced a good show. And then this year, they went at it again and said, it's time to go in a little bit of a different direction. Seth MacFarlane, I just think the audience wasn't quite ready for it. I hope they have the courage to push through that. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily means bring back Seth MacFarlane next year, although I'd be happy if he did. But keep going in that direction. Become a little edgier. Keep it a black tie event. I don't want to see one of these other awards where everybody's showing up in t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. Keep keep the, the mystique of the Oscars. Keep all that. But you can do that at the same time. That you're becoming a little bit more energetic, aim at a, a little bit of a different demographic, and still keep the pageantry of it. I think you can do it all. And I think we saw the start of that this year. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm really quite excited about it. Well, folks, that will do it for us. We are going to wrap up our post-game show for this year, the 2013 Academy Awards. Listen, leave your comments uh, wherever you're listening to us or wherever you're watching the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I want to thank, as always, I was going to say, Mr. Dennis N. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Miss Roth Cornett. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at Roth Cornett, by the way. <laughs> and Trey's Islander, where can we find you, Trey? Uh, you can find me also at Twitter at uh, Trey Alex Movies and, and De- on Fandango. And Dennis, where can we find you? Uh, at Think Hero on Twitter. And you can find me at John Campia on Twitter. So once again, thanks so much for watching. Keep going to the movies. We'll talk to you soon. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. 
Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.